Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Couch Potato Sports Denver Broncos edition. Haven't already noticed or guessed. It's Raiders Week, baby. It's Raiders Week. Two times of the year of a football year where Broncos fans and Raiders fans absolutely go at each other's throats. The history runs deep. Our beloved Mike Snubbed. We've ever had in Broncos history. Was once. This place is garbage. Garbage. Mike Shanahan wanted still his famous Shanahan. The great Al Davis wasn't having it. Al Davis didn't have respect for Mike Shanahan. Mike Shanahan was young, late 20s. He didn't know what he was talking about. So, after that season, Mike Shanahan went up to Al Davis and was like, hey, for me, I'm going to find work elsewhere where my style of play is appreciated, where I want to instill my own system, where I have control of my team as head coach. And Al Davis said, okay, as long as you don't go to one football team, that team being the Denver Broncos. And he said, if you go to the Denver Broncos, I will not pay you the remainder of your salary. Mike Shanahan's like, I mean, you have to. We're under contract. And, yes, I am going to the Denver Broncos. Fast forward next year. Al Davis is obviously salty that Mr. Mike Shanahan went to the Denver Broncos. The Broncos proceeded to dismantle the Raiders 27-0. The first game they met with Mike Shanahan as the head coach of the Denver Broncos. And I'll never forget that video of Al Davis doing one of these. Just so upset that he let a legend go because of his own ignorance, his own arrogance, his lack of faith in Mike Shanahan. Thank you for the Mike Shanahan years. We appreciate it. Shanahan was an Oakland Raiders coach. He was Silk Milk. He was for one year. Um, so he went to the Denver Broncos. And the rest is history. I'll never, ever get tired of this rivalry, Jimmy. Um, Me neither, bro. My chat's blowing up right now. (laughs) Yeah, of course. Um, I figured I'd start this. It's the Raiders rivalry. Um, It's always fun, the bickering between the Broncos and the Raiders fans. It's always just a great time. Oh, Los Angeles Raiders head coach. Okay. Are you guys? So your cities don't want you. You have to move to another city. You have to move to another city. It's okay. I get it. You know, whatever. <laughs> the the West, somewhere in the West Coast Raiders at the time, Max Shanahan was the, the 
Um, this history runs deep, and I'll have you know, under Mike Shanahan, the the Broncos were ten and one, ten and one against the Raiders. Mike Shanahan had a chip on his shoulder, and Mike Shanahan, Pat Bolin, are the big reasons why. When you come to Broncos country, you better not be wearing a Raiders hat. You better not. You'll hear about it. <laughs> uh, you will. You will hear. You will hear about chatter. it when you're <laughs> area. And yeah, there's a lot of the misguided fans running around here wearing these whatever you know. Misguided is the word I'll use for that. Um, but in Denver, Cardinals tend to be a Raiders fan. It's a cardinal sin to have any love for the Raiders. It's a cardinal sin for anyone to hope anything good for the Raiders. That's just the way it is, and that's the way it'll always be. Jimmy, sorry for the long introduction, but You're I good, thought it man. was necessary for this week. Hey, it was a great sports. little story lesson, bro. Great little story. <laughs> I like it. I'm here with Loop Sports, and uh, how's it, bro? background check it out <laughs> um <laughs> so i'm here with jimmy the loop sports we're normally here with our third person anthony but he had some personal stuff to attend to so uh we're praying for him we hope everything goes well and you know Absolutely. we look forward we'll to him coming back because he's a he's a great great addition to this podcast so we'll um, be on TikTok soon too we're we're pushing him yeah we're trying to get him on tiktok guys we're trying to get him there so Okay, so yeah, I know I had the intro with the Raiders and all that stuff. Raiders Broncos week. It's uh, it's pretty much a week long holiday here in Broncos country. But great, great um, rivalry, just a great, great rivalry. Yeah, one of the up. one of the greatest ever, in my opinion. Um, but before we get into it, we never really talked about the last week's game. You know, we kind of uh, had some things away. You know, so here's our chance to really just. I'll start. So I, I went to that football game, and the energy was awesome. It was electrifying. Started. Obviously, for those that watched it, our offense struggled a bit. Uh, struggled a little. Um, we had classic, classic year Broncos-style offensive games where the defense and the Broncos have to uh, keep us in the football game and ultimately end up bailing us out. Um, I I will also start by saying that our defense was absolutely on point. I could not – I didn't have anything bad to say about that defense. That defense was a Super Bowl caliber defense. Um, and I – if you don't think so, I disagree. Whoever in the chat, uh, that defense was absolutely a wreck. And that was a defense without Justin Simmons. Mm-hmm. Obviously, our defense will get better with Justin Simmons because Justin Simmons, uh, fans in the chat, is better than Derwin James. Um, <laughs> 100%. 100%. Uh, Justin Simmons is uh, the leader of this defense through and through. And, uh, Randy Gregory's coming out in a big way. He's he's paying dividends already. Uh, three straight games where he just had he's pressured the quarterback. Uh, one of the top pressures in the entire league. 
uh, sacks, force fumbles, all that stuff. I love Randy Gregory. He's been so great, and I hope he continues to do stuff well, and I hope that he stays healthy as well because that's been a actually actually glaring thing. I saw him actually. I For some reason, I had Channel 9 on earlier today just for a minute, and that Broncos – was it Broncos Tonight or something like that? I forget what they call it. But Randy Gregory and Dalton Reisner were on, and, dude, Randy Gregory, man, you could feel – how badly he wants this season. Uh, like yeah. His intensity just in that interview was, was amazing. And um, those two have really, really exceeded expectations, I think, from all of us. Um, you know, we were, right. you know, there was a lot of people, not myself necessarily, but a lot of people really down on the Randy Gregory signing. And, you know, I mean, it is still early in the season, but so far they have looked dominant together and you know the big question mark won't be answered till the end of the season on them it being the health you know how many games each of them play you know we we pray they both stay healthy of course every week but we we know how the NFL is but they have beyond exceeded expectations and it was incredible to see him tonight on on that TV show and just the intensity and how much he was hyping up just the entire defense and it really it's really showed on the field that that defense has been Right, and uh, I saw the same things, but I also see uh, he did an interview with uh, Mr. Uh, Benjamin Albright and uh, Ryan Edwards on Broncos Country Tonight. They had they invited him on, and they started the show with Randy Gregory. And Randy Gregory is a very humble man. Mm-hmm. Um, he has the intensity, he has the fire, but he's also very down to earth, and he's a very humble man as well. He the question was brought up by Benjamin Albright. I thought I saw two of the best defenses in the league playing against each other last night, and you guys came out in a big way. Uh, what do you think about that, Randy Gregory? And his response was, well, hey, it's still early in the season. Um, I like where our defense is at. Um, there's still a lot of football to be played, though. You know, as long as we keep doing what we're doing, uh, we're going to do some good things, but – you know, it's a it's a it's a marathon, not a sprint. That whole thing. You know, he was very down to earth. He was talking, and I really appreciated that because um, it shows where their their focus isn't. You know, being those one hit wonder kind of defenses where right. they go out there and they hit one game and they feel like they can just take a few steps back the next and the rest of the season. No, it's that's our. It's a marathon, not a sprint. We got to keep doing what we're doing, uh, and we got to do it in a big way every week. Zero and zero every week. We got to go one and zero every week. That's all that matters, kind of thing. And mm-hmm. that I appreciate that from the players and hearing it from them. Um, I don't know if you've heard, but Bradley Chubb has been very vocal about how much very. he hates the Raiders, <laughs> uh, which hasn't hasn't been a thing for a while in Broncos country. I feel like uh, us fans we carry the rivalry very strong. But right. I, I unfortunately didn't feel like it was a uh, a huge deal for the players themselves. Um, I really didn't see much of that. Like we used to see with Steve Atwater. Right. We used to see with, you know, John Elway, Terrell Davis, all those players. They hated the Raiders. You know, they could go – they can do – they can go 2-14 and 14 as long as they beat both games against the Raiders. That's all that mattered for them. Um but I'm starting to see that little fire come back with Bradley right. Chubb. Uh, I love that he was talking about it. I love that he's so hungry and fired up about this week. 
And we know how Bradley Chubb here is in uh, Broncos country. He's a very, very passionate, very, very fiery kind of man. So uh, Garrett Bowles was asked, and uh, yeah, I know it could be hyping of his teammate and stuff, but I saw the uh, the question, and Garrett Bowles was like, oh, man, like I really feel bad for the tackles that have to go against Bradley Chubb this week. He is fired up. He's been – He's I'm been, surprised there hasn't been some punches thrown in practice at all. I know. Him and, yeah, Garibalds is like, man, like, chill, bro. Like, I'm not wearing <laughs> black and silver. Like, and Bradley Chubb's like, let's go. Let's just get the game going. I'm ready. Kind of you thing. know what? So, they, they must be at the part of stepbrothers where they, like, become best friends, you know? Exactly. Like, like, yep. like, like after the fighting, you know, we finally got through this. <laughs> let's ride. Yep. <laughs> Bradley Chubb already put his nuts on a drum set. We're already, part of We're already past that. So, um, but uh, I mean, yeah, uh, in the chat, Crabtree and Talib, you know, like that was a little bit of resurgence of mm-hmm. um, that was very short lasting. I'd feel because that was towards the end of Talib's tenure here in Denver because he had only done it back to back seasons, and that was that kind of thing. It wasn't whereas. You know, he's on he's on his last year of his, con- his contract year for him. So uh, if he continues to produce and do well, he'll end up getting paid. And, you know, that'll breed a and plus of hatred for the Raiders going forward. So uh, exactly. anyways, yeah, so going back to the original topic, the defense was stellar. Uh, I couldn't be more proud of that defensive uh, showing on Sunday night. Uh, the crowd loved it. We all loved it. It was electrifying. Uh, the only bummer was that uh, Jimmy G stepped out of the end zone, and that wasn't a pick six by Bradley Chubb. I know. So, uh, you're welcome from Jimmy G. Early Christmas. Yeah. He he was the true winner Sunday Jimmy night. Jimmy G was shook it. <laughs> yes, he was. Uh, Jimmy G was uh, <laughs> to get for Dan Orlovsky and said, hey, got you, bro. And uh, it was so – that he stepped out of the end zone. Uh, and that's uh, – and I believe Jimmy G's, like, not a horrible quarterback. You know, I think he was just uh, first game back, and this defense really, really shook him, you know, in a, in a big way for mm-hmm. us. And I feel like he was just, what is going on deal. So, yeah. On the Denver Broncos uh, defense, I'm really proud of you. Um, obviously, we struggled a lot. <clears throat> My big things, and it's fault. I will just say that out there. Um, I think uh, the offensive line has been struggling. He hasn't been giving Russell Wilson enough time in the pocket to do his progressions and stuff like that. Hence why Russell Wilson was the check down king during that football game. Because <clears throat> offensive line, yeah, we're talking about Kendall Hinton, and I don't want to use Kendall Hinton in a bad way because, you know, he's Kendall Hinton and he's a legend here. Active Hall of Famer. He's only one in the league. And then, uh, you know, uh, KJ really used much. But Jerry Judy, man, like, you are one of the best route runners in the NFL, and you're getting blown up every single play. Right. Come on, man. Like, and I've told Anthony in the off season way before in a podcast that Jerry Judy was. Unfortunately, I have a. Uh, 
short straw with that man because he was a first round draft pick. He is getting blown out of the water by players named Justin Jefferson. Um, who else? You know, highest who else is doing wide receiver better? draft uh, pick Lamb. in Broncos history. Yeah, CD Lamb. Uh, Ruggs was doing better. Uh, I mean, almost Jerry everyone from before. that draft class from the first few rounds. Jalen Rager. That's the only one right. I'd say that was doing worse uh, than probably but, not by man, much, honestly. Yeah. It's like a one-two punch right there for being the worst out of that draft class so far. But it's like, man, like, I want him to do good. I really do. But come on. Like, and the the part that really bugs me, man, Jimmy, Mm -hmm. the part that really bugs me is the laziness, the the plays where he knows he's not getting the football and that he chooses to not go out there and give his effort during that you know, play he it's hasn't just, been targeted a lot recently too so i know I, mean, I think russ is seeing that too i bet i bet you russ is having some conversations with them back you know behind yeah. the scenes hope you hope at least yeah. um let me throw something out there though real quick to you since you know, we're, we're on the jerry judy topic That's would you good. trade him out for for dj Moore? did you hear about all that drama coming no. out of carolina I don't know I guess if I would do that. I guess I he's talking about Baker Mayfield, and, you know, there's no rumors that he's going to be traded, but, you know, just I saw that. I was like, ooh, interesting. Yeah, I don't know if I would do a one-for-one one trade for him. Uh, so if we're going to do a trade, Judy, I'd rather get draft picks because we're we're kind of in the uh, right in the need for draft picks. Um, <clears throat> we still have Tim Patrick on a deal. Granted, he's out for the season. Uh I would be completely fine rolling the rolling uh, this team with Patrick and Sutton at the forefront with it with KJ Hamler sprinkled in, you know, kind of thing. Bring um, another vet slot receiver Jerry, type guy, something like that. Yeah, if Jerry Judy doesn't, which it's not looking good, doesn't turn up, we all hope that he did. Um, I, I'm still holding on faith for him. You know, I really mm-hmm. we need oh, Jerry too. Judy too. You know, we absolutely need him to. Uh, perform in a big way him to get open in big spots we need him to take those in routes and just absolutely devastate a defense the 49ers that was loading the box the entire game they were doing the cover zero loading the box the entire game because they dared us to run the football they dared us to try and pass on the outside um well i feel like a lot of people have been underselling the 49ers defense yeah it was a you know it wasn't a pretty performance performance sorry about that um by the broncos offense but people got to remember like that was an nfc championship caliber team last year basically a carbon copy that defense is good coming from the 49ers side and so is and i think i think what you're gonna see come to the end of the season is that the broncos defense made a lot of teams look like that so I, i really think this defense is legit and dominant like we've been talking about and I hope that's what it is. The only thing I have to go off of is the performance thus far and all right. that stuff. And Sutton it doesn't help. He was doing great. Mm-hmm. I mean, Sutton was – I was watching. He was getting open. You know, there was a lot of things. But by the time he got open, you know, Russ was getting pressured. Mm-hmm. He was being forced out of the pocket. He had to do that crazy Pat Mahomes little shuffle throw uh, in the halfway through the football game. You know, it just – he wasn't getting a lot of fo- a lot of time back there. And so nah. that is ultimately why 
back and look at the game, like Russ is not the problem here. He's not, you know, and the Russ, like there was a lot of times where Russ, it seemed like he was overthrowing the ball and stuff like that. No, the wide receivers weren't running the correct routes. And that's just a, uh, one of those learning things from being instilled in this new offense. And this is a very hard offense to learn, uh, according mm-hmm. to testimony from Tom Brady's first time in the style of Aaron Rodgers going into this off. Uh, before Aaron Rodgers was back to back MVP, before was atrocious, and everyone was uh, mm-hmm. saying he's getting old and he's going to retire and all this stuff, you know. And then he proceeded to fit. So I know it's going to take some time. Uh, yeah, it shouldn't be. Really blowing up the line. And, yeah, the 49ers are a great defense. defense. But it's like, come on, like you got to help, you got to help your quarterback out a little yeah. bit. And it's the same thing the Raiders are going through. Everyone's blaming Derek Carr, and it's same thing. Their offensive line is atrocious. Sabers aren't catching the football good uh, ball security when they hog the football. Right. Hence why they lost mm-hmm. that Cardinals game with Hunter Runfro getting blown up and dropping the football, losing the game in O. So it's kind of like thing. Our O-line is solid. Actually, no. You guys, your guys are absolutely terrible Raiders. Like, <laughs> no, yeah. It is so fan. Like, it's so bad. Uh, any of the big Raiders fans. Like it's so bad, and I, yeah. I watch it with my own eyes. There, so it's, yeah, that um, you know, I want to see more of the offense. Obviously, uh, at the same time, I know it's going to take more time, more time to paint man out here because when he had, had, a, a, he had, he had, he didn't have bleeding. Awake. I believe uh, that Russell, it'll take a little bit more time. I think it'll take uh, a week. Thing. And, you know, that's okay, you know. I lost you on anchor. I can't hear you. All right, Jimmy, can you hear me? Yeah, I got you. Okay. Hey, now we're <laughs> Okay. Uh but yeah, like I was saying, you know, like uh that last fence where we drove down the red zone, Russell Wilson kind of threw the team the offense on his back and he was tr- running the football and converting first downs and all that stuff. Like, I think that's what's, what it's going to take. You know, I think it's just going to take uh, uh, Russell Wilson just kind of taking the game in his own hands at times, you know, while the players figure it out. And uh, I like that last drive, you know. if Loved it. Um, if, if the understanding, 
and we have those kinds of drives against tough defenses, I think we're going to be okay this year. Um, uh, so, yeah, that's my that's my take on the game. Uh, Eleven to ten is a weird score. It was like a high scoring baseball game, but uh, hey, I'll take yep, it. Seven you know, to it five was, for a while. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, wide receiver. That's another big thing is this drop in the football. You know, you got to catch the football kind of thing. Hits your hands. I'm the believer. And the reason why I'm the believer of this is because the great Peyton Manning said of himself, uh, if the ball hits your hands, you are expected to catch it in the NFL. There are uses as far as that goes. Um, so still got the win. Uh, it's a win that I didn't expect, nor did Anthony. Uh, Jimmy. You know, you you called the dub on that, so and the comeback. Uh, I'm glad baby. that oh. I, I'm glad, and I'm sure Anthony's <laughs> glad too that uh, you we were the wrong ones in this scenarios. Um, yeah, we're we're keeping afloat. Uh, it's still going to be a tough division to work with, and we have our first test in the division this week. So, looking forward to it. Um, so yeah, Jimmy, what are you, what are you thinking about the last game? Uh, so, you know, I kind of said a little bit earlier about it. You know, I thought it was a great defensive battle on both sides of the ball. I think both these teams are going to look back at the end, or a lot of people are going to look back at the end of the season at both of these defenses and, and say, like, you know, a lot of people look bad against them. And as far as the Broncos offense goes, I know it still wasn't ugly. And I don't think it's going to be fixed overnight. You know, there's still, there's a lot of things that, there's a lot of issues going on. Um, and you could only really take it one at a time. But that last drive against the 49ers where we scored the touchdown, I really it really opened my eyes to a lot of things. One, I mean, we know the play calling has been really bad all season. But I think it really opened up my eyes to how bad the play calling has been so far this season. Because you started to really see them calling plays that favor what Russell Wilson likes to do and, you know, move around. And then I also really feel like Russell Wilson maybe – I don't know if he broke out of a little bit of a shell, whether it be from timid from the injury or the coaching staff telling him to kind of play within the pocket a little bit more. You know, let's not risk too much. I don't know what it is, but something awoke inside of him in that fourth in that fourth quarter drive and just said, "You know what? This is my game. Let's go win this right now." And he did in the most classic Russell Wilson form in the world. I mean, that's. That's the drive that everybody always saw out of Russell Wilson in the fourth quarter. You know, he's going to scramble for a first down here and there. You know, he's going he's gonna to do what he has to do. And I think we're going to see a lot more of that moving forward. Now, granted, I don't think everything's fixed, like I said before. But I do expect us to put up two or three touchdown drives, especially against the Raiders defense that – really isn't a whole lot there outside of Max Crosby. There's, there's no one really else. You know, there's a lot of ways that the Broncos can attack this, this game. But as far as the 49ers game goes, you know, I'm glad we got away with the dub. The one thing I've been saying all week is it bought this offense a lot more time to figure out the things that really make us want to pull our hair out and scream at the TV. Bought us more time. You know, if you lose that game, not out of time, but you're running out quickly. Bought us more time. We're two and one. Got the Raiders this week, and I want to say real quick before we really start getting into it, is this game 
not set up beautifully as a Broncos fan. Josh McDaniels reportedly got called into the into the principal's office after last week's game, closed door session. Nobody knows what really was going on in there, but we could all speculate what that conversation was going like. Could make the Raiders 0-4. Josh McDaniels 0-4 in his first head coaching stint since the Broncos. Put the nail on the coffin on the Raiders. Let's go. <laughs> hey, man, I'm all for it, you know. Uh, for all of us Broncos fans, we all know how Josh McDaniels here was here. And mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if you follow him at all, Tyler Columbus. He was uh, one of our tackles during the uh, 2015 Broncos mm-hmm. Super Bowl run. And uh, he was here during the McDaniels era. It's, it's, um, he's been uh, basically spewing on his titter, Twitter about a uh, – all of the different stories that he has on Josh McDaniels. And it's been really Josh McDonald's, <laughs> I will say. Uh, courtesy to the real cool dad. That's a great name, Josh McDonald. So, yeah. Um, Matt, you're going to destroy me again. <laughs> but, uh, get into it. So, basically, he posts, he's talking about his, when he was got, he got called into, uh, Josh McDaniel, because uh, I think he was, and he goes in the offense, he's like, hey, or the office, and he's like, hey, coach, like, what's going on? What do you need? And he's like, hey, sit down kind of thing. He's like, you know, and he proceeds to just tell him everything Columbus was bad at, but Tyler demeanor, he looked absolutely miserable, and he looked like he did not want to be there anymore. Mm-hmm. And so Tyler Columbus, being a player who grew up in a system and a culture of football where you never kept question your head coach, you never get on a personal level with him like that. Right. You know, it's a huge football culture, and he's been playing football since he was a kid, and it's been ingrained in his skull. But the demeanor that Josh McDaniels was given off gave Tyler Columbus the idea to ask – his head coach, hey, coach, you seem miserable. You seem not here. What's going on? And Josh proceeded to say, it is hard playing for these fuckers. He's like, I want out. So Raiders Nation, we kept telling you that Josh McDaniels is not the guy. And it's not because of hate for the Raiders. It's not because of biased opinions. Josh McDaniels is simply not cut out for a leadership-type position. He's just not. He's not a people person. He grew up in the Belichick system. Mm -hmm. He strives in one of the assistants to a head coach because he doesn't have a real leadership role. Uh He's just as good as any other play caller in the NFL, um, and that's his bread and butter is the X's and O's of the game. But Josh is not a head coach. And I was so surprised that even after the Indianapolis incident where 
they were calling him in. They were they hired him as a head. In last second, he left him dead in the water and said, "No, I'm staying in New England." And he still got an opportunity to become a head coach again in this NFL. Baffles me. Um, and that's on Mark Davis. It really is. Um, well, let's for... not forget too. Outside of the head coaching stuff, you know, when he was in Denver, he had somewhat of a you know GM-ish role here too. You know, he had a lot right. of say in things that went on, and, and I don't know why it doesn't get talked about more still. But let's not forget. I want I want TikTok to remember this for all you guys that don't know this. When Josh McDaniels was the head coach of the Broncos, he traded a 2009 first round draft pick straight up for a 2010 second round draft pick. He gave away our first round draft pick for a second round draft pick the following year. Let that sink into your brains. The man can call an offense, but outside of that, you don't want him. Simple as that. The the dude did a lot of bad here in Denver. A lot of bad. Yeah. And then when the going got tough for him, uh, he it was very surprising to see Darren Waller and lock up Derek Carr because his his, his, uh, his method was to bring in former Patriots that fit well mm-hmm. with the system here. Probably in uh, Las Vegas, too, in the near future, if you guys still decide to roll with him. Um, he got rid of Cutler, you know, like he got rid of Brandon uh, Marshall. Players. Brandon Marshall. He got rid of players here that could have done well because he wanted Patriots players that knew the system mm-hmm. that he was trying to run. And he just did not do well. And the stories run deep. You know, the stories run deep. You know, just mm-hmm. and you look at all the stories that he has, you know, he's sharing them. They're awful. Uh, mm-hmm. they're- story that I'll never forget and this was actually two years ago uh, I happened to be listening to 104.3 and uh, Tyler Columbus was on there and he was talking about uh, one time with Josh McDaniels how it was not a, a rare occurrence for him to week, the week leading up to the football game that they had, where Josh McDaniels would keep his entire staff there late every day during during the week to game plan. However, Josh McDaniels go home, leave his staff there, make them game plan, go home, eat dinner with his family, hang out with his family, mm-hmm. and then come back at mm-hmm. That's not a leader. That's not a leader at all. That uh, the head coach should be, in my opinion, the first one in the building, the last one out. If that's if you want to earn the respect of your head coaching staff, you're there early. You leave late. Saying that should just be the stand. You should just sit there and you're until everyone else leaves. No. You're down there in the weeds with your coaching staff. You're for the team together. 
everyone else has families that they're sacrificing time with to uh, mm-hmm. game plan for the opponent for their jobs because they're passionate in what they do. Before you hang out with your family and leave your whole coach there and game plan, so they suffer, but you don't. Come on, man. Were you really cut out to be a head coach? You know, head coach, the more you get up, especially as a GM, like the less you see your family, and that's just the way it is. But um, it's uh, just what you signed up for, kind of thing. You know, that's just the way it goes. And he never understood that concept, and it's it's showing its ugly face in in, uh, Las Vegas, too, it seems like. So. But anyways, like this week, uh, kind of down what we're going up against. Um, obviously, the Raiders offense Adams him heavily the first game. After that, that's it, pretty much. Like they've targeted mm-hmm. him a few times, and like if you get Devontae Adams the football, he's gonna do good stuff. Like, that's just the way he rolls. That's just Devontae uh, Adams. He's one of the best receivers in the league. And for <laughs> they got him blocking What's... and screens. They yeah, have him blocking exactly. and screens, bro. <laughs> you know, all these fancy trick plays, too. Weird. It reminds us, too, like in Broncos country, of all the dumb stuff you would try to do here, also. You know, like, it's crazy. It's like deja vu. But moving on from the Josh McDonald slander. <laughs> yeah, so Devontae Adams is obviously a big threat. Catches the football is also a big threat. Um, out. He's out this week because of concussion protocol. Um, and worry about Joshua Jacobs. But besides that, this offensive line is. And I expect Bradley Chubb, Randy Gregory. Feast at Derek Carr. If they can get to Derek Carr and feast and pressure him, he's going to make mistakes. And that's just the way it is. That's the way he's wired. So that's that's the big thing you got to do is just get in Derek's face, you know, pressure him, make stupid throws, all that stuff. And with this defense and this set, bad day for Derek Carr. Um, however, if you you know, I imagine Pat Sertan's going to be up against Devontae Adams, which makes me feel better about that matchup because I think Pat Sertan is one of the best cornerbacks in the game. You he know. should be locking him up every play on Sunday. He, yeah, Travel with yeah, him. it's gonna it's gonna be a it's gonna be a good good matchup for sure, and it's one that I'll be watching closely. Um, so uh, I'm not too worried about that. I'm more worried about Darren Waller because of our history with covering tight ends. I imagine somebody like Ronald Darby with some safety help is going to help uh, keep Darren Waller from stretching the football field and stretching out our defense and stuff like that. But, Mm -hmm. you know, if they they rely on Darren Waller to do those little in routes and stuff like that, Darren Waller is a mismatch for any defense, really. Uh, It's going to be – it's going to be tough and stuff like that. That's why you got to get to Derek Carr, get in his face, make him do uncomfortable things and stuff like that. So uh, that's a big thing. Now is ranked 29th. 
Yeah, Certainly it's not weeks. good. It's it's been bad, and and Broncos have been getting getting pressure on the quarterback. You know, especially when it matters. Right. And it's coming from everywhere too. You know, it isn't just the edge. You have DJ Jones and Dray, you know, Draymond. All, everybody, you know, has been getting getting pressure from the interior as well. And the, the great part about it is, Broncos don't really have to blitz a whole lot to get pressure. And you know, any defense that can get pressure with four, you're you're gonna be a good defense. Right. Um, hence why I loved what I saw with the. I saw a defensive line that absolutely obliterated the running game. You know, I think we're sixth in the league for running defense right now, which is awesome. It's a huge improvement from last year thus far. That's been our week the last several years. Uh, Mike Bruce. Addition of DJ Jones has uh, taken the pressure off. I think it's really helping this defense. So the addition of DJ Jones is hard. Um, that's a big thing. You're going to cripple this offense if you stop the running game and you get in Derek Carr's face. Like, mm-hmm. I feel pretty confident in this defense. Come out firing. Uh, the Raiders don't really have. Too much of a advantage because we're going to see twenty thousand strong in Broncos country with it just being Vegas. There'll be all, there'll be lots of orange in the stadium. There's going to be lots of orange. Uh, so you know, I've seen plenty of times. It may look like there's a lot of black stands. It may look like there's a lot of black in the stand, but don't be shocked. Those are dark blue jerseys. Right. Uh, <laughs> You know, hey, hey, be quiet, be quiet. Be quiet. But that's not his own fans. That's from other football teams doing that. So expect Broncos country to come out there very strong and this defense to benefit from it as well. So flip-flopping. Uh, uh, before we get into that, what is your take on offense, Jimmy? Uh, the Raiders offense. The Raiders offense, you know, you, you, you pretty much hit it all on the head. Um, you know, they're going to try to involve Josh Jacobs a lot. Um, because the Raiders do know us well. You know, obviously we're division rivals. We play them twice a year. They know that the run game is going to be the weaker part of the defense, even though you know, we are sixth in the league right now. I think that's going to force a lot of teams, though, including the Raiders. They're going to have to start doing it because they're going to realize real quick Josh Jacobs is not him, and the Broncos are going to shut him down. They're going to have to to go to one of our, our strengths. You know, the run defense has been great, but I think our pass defense, even though the numbers may not quite be as high, so I think we're, we're a little bit lower as far as run defense is concerned or pass defense is concerned in rankings. But they're going to be playing right into our strengths. And I think, you know, as long as we keep Devontae Adams locked up with PS2, you know, obviously someone's going to have to step up on Darren Waller, but he's been having a pretty, pretty bad season as well. Hopefully it does, this isn't the game he turns it around. Because um, at Broncos country, we've seen that happen quite a few times in, in the last several years. Um, but they, the offense up for the Raiders doesn't scare me. You know, yeah, they can move the ball, but they're also going to make a lot of mistakes. Derek Carr, with with people in his face, he's going to make the mistakes. He's going to make the crucial crucial turnover. And I think the Broncos defense will will keep us 
you know, even if the offense comes out sluggish, this defense is going to keep us right in the game. I couldn't agree more, Jimmy. Like this game, like you said, this game is set up for our Broncos defense to just absolutely obliterate this offense and set up, you know, like even if the Raiders had an average offensive line, like middle of the pack, I'd be a little bit more worried for sure. But their right. offensive line is horrible. Like you said, they're 29th ranked in the And that's because old Gruden draft pick, first-round draft pick in Leatherwood didn't pan out. And so they're now they're strong. Tackle position and try to figure out who's going to go where. And, uh, right. you know, they're, they're struggling and they're desperate at the position right now. The way it is for him. So, defensive matchup as from the Broncos' standpoint, for sure. Uh, uh, this like minus Max Crosby is they're they're mm-hmm. uh, they're terrible. Their linebacking crew is terrible. Chandler Jones, he was an addition. Uh, he's proven in this league. Anything in this league, they have two. To their name on the Raiders' defense, both mm-hmm. from Max Crosby. And, yeah, Max Crosby, is he's one of the best quarterback pressures in the league, but it takes more than one player on a defense for sure to uh, absolutely dismantle an offense. But um, so – and they're without Hobbs. They're without Hobbs. He, he's by far their best cornerback in this um, – so, the this game is also set up really nice for the Broncos, for sure. But right. they just have to get out of their own way. You know, you can't shoot yourself in the foot by going three and out over and over and over again. Um, you got to get something going. You got to hone back in into that. For defense overall than the Raiders. So if you can move the ball against Seattle, you should have a easier theory to move the football against the Raiders defense because right. Max Crosby and MIA yet to be seen what he can do with this defense. Um, you know, it should be set up really nice for you and um, just get out of your own way, you know, Play some backyard football, do the basics, and just get the ball rolling. Get it downfield, be great between the 20s, and get the ball in the end zone, the red zone. You know, mm-hmm. you proved you should have gained some confidence last red zone against one of the best defenses in the league. Like, you finally mm-hmm. made it over that hump. That was a big hump in Broncos country for the last three weeks, is just getting into the red zone because you were 0 for 6 in the red zone the last two weeks. And then that mm-hmm. third week, you got it in on the seventh time. So you should feel good about that. You should feel confident. That and that, that last drive should have been a huge confidence booster for this offense, right. too. And Russell Wilson, you know, he kind of broke out of whatever shells that he had. And he finally just played his old style of football that made that gave Russell Wilson his name, his legacy thus far. Um, exactly. So this game is set up so well for the Broncos and all of the odds. I am so surprised that 
the Vegas came out as two and a half point favorites because in my opinion, uh, the Bron- it's set up really well for the Broncos. It really is. You right. Know, like, well, they give uh, three points just for being the home team. So, yeah, they're, they're essentially saying it's a coin flip game. It's like – I agree with you but completely. It's like, but, like, it's a home game. It was an arrowhead. But, like, it's not traditionally a home game also. And right, exactly. I don't know, man. Like, it's just – you'd think with uh, Vegas, this game they, being so close just to homers. home to their – I know, right? It's like it's like out of the entire season with the Raiders being at home. Like you should understand that, like all of the home games aren't actually home games. You know what I mean? Right. It's just the country. People travel from all over the country to the spot. Their football team play or to and have fun and do all that stuff, guilt free, all that stuff. And uh, it's funny, uh, brother in law's wife, my sister in law, her aunt, uh, was looking into buying season tickets for the Vegas home stadium when they first opened up. And was talking with other people that bought season tickets, they're all. And the reason why mm-hmm. is because they can sell these tickets to yeah they can sell these tickets to whatever fan in Vegas happens to be there during a football game, mm-hmm. and they make big. You know what, what I mean? So it's well, there's our Raiders fans because majority of Raiders fans are still stuck in L.A. So, so, why? I mean, whatever. I don't mind us them being the favorites, but that was that. That just seemed like an obvious thing for me because, not because I'm a Broncos fan, but because this this game is set up well for the Denver Broncos and for the offense can really. have anybody else besides Max Crosby that's been producing for them. And then our defense after that performance against the 49ers could, could absolutely dismantle this offensive line going forward. Make their car's life absolutely miserable during on Sunday. You know, like we still got a game to play. Um, but I, I feel really good about this game, Jimmy. Um, I really do, and the more I talk about it, <laughs> little kitty, um, the more I feel better about this game because, you know, I really, uh, I kind of got wrapped up in other stuff. I haven't really sat through, and you know, the more I talk about it with you, Jimmy, the more I feel good about it, and and the more I have a solid expectation going forward for this football team, for this football game on Sunday. I don't know, Jimmy. What are you, what are you, what are you thinking right now? Dude, I – the more I think about it, the more optimistic I get, you know, because I'm, you know, reading through a bunch of stuff and watching through, you know, film and highlights of both teams on, on each side of the ball. And, man, this just feels like it's going to be a coming out party. 
I mean, granted, like I said earlier, all our problems are not going to be solved in one week. There's going to be drives that we still scratch our heads. We're going to yell at the TV. I'm sure the Broncos will get into the reds onto the in, within the five yard line and go out of shotgun, and it's going to piss all of us off. Trust me, it's going to piss us off. But I really feel like after seeing that last drive, we're going to see a good two, three. Maybe we might get a four touchdown game. Um, you know, and then I really look back. I know I've I mentioned this a lot on the podcast here and there with with the Peyton Manning stuff. And it's just because of how outside of the coaching, it's just how much similarity there is to that year as far as just everything outside of the coaching aspect of it. Peyton Manning's fourth game was a coming out party against the Raiders. And I don't, everything that I just see, man, I just, I've really, I've really, I'm looking forward to this game. I feel like it's going to be an, it's going to really open the eyes up a lot to a lot of people to what this offense can really do. And like I said, it's not going to always look pretty. There's going to be drives where we're like, what the hell are you doing? What was that? Get an eye formation, run the ball. You know, it's, we're still going to do that. But we're going to see some drives put together. You know, we're not going to see – I don't think we're going to see – how many three and outs did we have last week? I mean, I'm happy for the kid to get special teams player of the week. But we should not be punting that much, and he should not be punting from that far that often either. Yeah, I agree, and I, I can't believe we forgot to mention that. But good on him. You know, like, uh, I'm glad that we have a great mm-hmm. – that, you know, can get us, get us at least in a situation after a shit situation with our offense. You know, he was on point. He doubled his career stats on Sunday night. He he damn near doubled his know, career stats. I know. I, I I don't normally praise a punter, but that was that was like was Pat McAfee shit. You know, like that was awesome. You know, that was I could only was, imagine sitting next to Pat McAfee watching that game. I know. There was sure nobody was more hyped. hyped watching that game than Pat McAfee. I, I guarantee it. He probably loved that, you know, and uh good for that uh he got a game football and then he went home and he slept with slept it. With you know, it. Like he, he actually <laughs> slept in his bed with it all night. Cause he was uh, thankful for the, uh, where he's at in life and what he did and his accomplishments. And you know, you know like, what? honestly, dude, with you saying that, that really shows how, like just how much the culture has changed over the years. Cause remember back when Marquette King was our punter, and he was just the biggest yeah. drama queen in the world. And you're like, we should not be hearing about our punter this much. Right. And just, uh, it's, we're in for a lot of good years, Broncos country. Be patient. Yeah. It's looking good. Uh, I, I'm still hopeful for Nathaniel Hackett and his coaching staff. You know, like, I, I, I know what he got. I was listening. I like to listen to national media too, like in the mornings on my way mm-hmm. to work because it's really early and that's the only thing that's really on and stuff. But I like to get a taste from all angles where people are thinking and all that stuff. And I, I know national media, like the people on talk shows, they don't invest their time on researching the Broncos and stuff like that. The way they would do that is if the Broncos were you know, Super Bowl contenders, like they, they tend to lean towards the contenders and that's what they go off of. But, uh, 
Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm just, I'm just hearing a lot of things about. There was uh, one person. Uh, it was Keyshawn Johnson. He absolutely hated on uh, Nathaniel Hackett for, you know, making the move that he did with Jerry Rosenberg and all that stuff, and saying like, if you get the keys to the car, you know, and you get in, you don't know how to drive the car. What the hell are you doing? Kind of thing. I'm like. I get it, but at the same time, like, I feel like this it's a big culture change that needs to happen in the NFL. It's like you have these head coaches that are first-time head coaches. You don't learn the drive like, from reading a book. Right, and, you know, I feel you got to like get behind just, the wheel. There's so much pressure for them to just um, – <laughs> there's so much pressure for them to uh, um, just go out there and perform and do well and – Take a team and make them better than they were last year. You know, I feel like that's a big culture change that needs to happen in the NFL. Good on Nathaniel mm-hmm. Hackett. I, I praise him for this. He was self-aware enough to understand that, you know, this was a, this was a big bite to take. And it's not like he can't handle it going forward, but it's okay to ask for help. It's, it's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, it's, it's better to ask for help than to just be so boisterous and ignorant and arrogant to say like, Oh no, like they picked me for a reason. I'll figure it out myself. No, like take that pressure off of you, man. Learn from that for many years. And once you have a good year or two of that help, you're able to, okay, I know he would have done this, but I feel confident that we can do it in this situation. And then from there, you branch out and you figure out your style of coaching based off of a foundation laid for you uh, through the help of a veteran coach in this football league. Somebody that, you know, hey, although I had to figure it out myself, I want to help you out. I want to change the culture. Let's figure this out together, and I'm not going to let you fail. I'm not, I'm not going to let you fail and fall flat on your face. I'm going to give you, hey, this is the I think, like, let's uh, – this, this, this is the game. Like, I think it would be best to do this, in my opinion. And it's on Nathaniel, head coach. He can still uh, – I think that's good for him to get somebody, to get a little tutorial going. Um because if those of you, if you ever do anything for the first time, especially like, think of a video game. First time that you've never played before. How confident are you feeling about going right off the bat? Right. Trolls. You're going to have to learn how to jump. You're going to have to learn how to shoot. Like that. That video games have tutorials. Every single video game has a tutorial of some sort. I've ever played in my entire life. Elden Ring. It has a tutorial. And thank God it did because that, I mean, I still was atrocious at that game. And, um, died a lot. I had a tutorial in the beginning and all that stuff, so. Related, you know, like. It's okay that it's okay that they did that kind of thing. I, I respect commend them for it. I think it's going to pay pay off well for Nathaniel Hackett because 
us in Broncos country, we should hope that he ends up doing well. We sh- mm-hmm. we all should hope because we don't. We're we're getting to a position where we started over so many times. We should hope that we found a guy in Nathaniel Hack can figure it out and can be a head coach for the next decade or so that can establish the culture. Players can just come in. They learn the system because everyone else is on the kind of thing. That's what makes a a successful football team is longevity, culture, and a system that works, that's been proven to work and that is, can be learned because everyone system like the back of their hand. You know, that's why do you think the Patriots were a dynasty? Why do you think that? Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, I mean, it wasn't a fun system. And there's a lot of players that attest that Bill Belichick sucked the fun out of them. But winning is fun. Six out of the 20 years of the dynasty, they, they won Super Bowls. And that's incredible. You know, tw- more than a quarter of the time they were winning a Super Bowl during that 20-year span. Amazing. And every, every year they were talking the Super Bowl conversation. There wasn't a single year where I thought, oh, Patriots aren't going to be good this year. I don't have to worry about them. No. Peyton Manning had to worry about them. The Broncos had to worry about them. Had to worry about them. It was it was annoying for everyone except mm-hmm. Patriots fans, but that's because they had a longevity in coach. They had a system. They had a culture, and that's the way it was. And the exactly. players, the players that went big went to New England, and they won big. You know, that's just the way it was. So I'm not saying it's Nathaniel Hackett. Poor guy. I know, right? <laughs> Arguably, ever you know, laid an egg against Chad Powers. Oh, hey, uh, hey, you talk about Chad Powers? 3 0 against Chad Powers. <laughs> Chad three. Powers, the great run. But, uh, I'm not saying Nathaniel Hackett needs to be a Bill Belichick. I'm just saying, like, we should all hope that the culture that he's building, the system that he's building, is for longevity. Long time in Broncos country. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we should hope. All that. Like it has been, but hey, I, I'm in it. You know, we've all been in it for the last six years. Mm-hmm. Rock bottom, but we're, we're pulling ourselves out of it, and it's looking good for us. So, thanks, thanks to the great George Payton. Payton. Uh, love that man. Yes, namaste. I, I praise him. <laughs> but anyways, yeah. Kind of just uh, like it's set up. Broncos. Um, it's set up to absolutely go out there and show the NFL that this, this is a Russell Wilson led offense, and we're here to put up two or three touchdowns again. That's extremely well for this defense because this offensive line uh, can't block anything, really. And uh, I think it's it's set up to be a bad game for Derek Carr. So uh, the only thing that could happen is uh, the only if they get in their own way. You know, that's pretty much the way I see it. And stay disciplined. Uh, five penalties last game. That 
that's a huge improvement from the huge. You know, oh, like I was hoping they come into the 49ers game with less than, uh, or coming out of the four less than ten penalties, and they did. They got five. Uh, they showed uh, a lot of. Yeah, the the penalty. And it sounds like they're trying in the right direction for that. Uh, just stay disciplined. You win. Take advantage of it. And win. Let's go out there and mm-hmm. be creators. On uh, Josh McDonald's career, like you said before. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Um, I just want to throw in there so, real quick. Um, because it feels like we're about to get into our predictions, I'm assuming. Yes. And so I want to just throw Anthony's out there for everybody, uh, just you know, for everybody listening, everybody on TikTok as well. Anthony, he has some personal things going on tonight, so he's not with us on the podcast. Don't take that the wrong way. Not with us on the podcast tonight. <clears throat> but he did want, to let it, want, want us to let everyone know he is thinking this is a Raiders victory 20-17. to 17. From our guy Anthony, which I understand his uh, his reserve on, as far as the offense goes, and I would be bashing him on on the defense letting up that many points if he was on here. But we'll save that for uh, for for our next <laughs> podcast with him. Cool, cool. Yes. Uh, so yeah, let's get into the score prediction. So, like I said before game is set up for the Broncos on both sides and our special teams has been a, a huge improvement. I've been loving what I'm seeing out of the special teams. So um, I like what you said. This could be a multi-touchdown game for our offense, Jimmy. Um, if everything happens the way I hope it happens, you know, I don't expect Derek Carr and the offense to put up a lot of points. Um, and if you look at the Cardinals game, you look at the uh, Titans game, all that stuff, you know. Uh, the Raiders adjust well in the second half, minus the Cardinals game, excuse me. So the Titans game, the last game, they adjusted well in the second half. That stuff, And I think that's largely because Mike Vrabel, he's a very solid head coach in this league. Absolutely. And he he didn't believe that the Raiders, they had believe the Raiders had the longevity to hold up and actually, you know, come back and score a touchdown and a two point conversion, which ended up not being the case. So, uh, I will say that our, our defensive coach, EJ Evero, he's been one of the best adjusting defensive head co- defensive coaches in the league thus far. You know, that man makes an adjustment and the offense can't do diddly squad after that on the mm-hmm. opposing team. So uh, I'm not too worried about that. So I think if everything remains constant uh, and the Raiders, they come out with adjustments, but we adjust the top of that and they can't do what they want to do still. I do think this Raiders team, like I, I think their max is a two touchdown kind of game. Like I can't logically seeing it being more than that. So I'm going to say it's going to be a 28-13 Broncos win. All right, I like roll it. With that. I'm going to roll with that. Yeah, I like I like what you're saying, man. And um, 
you know, not to kind of, you know, beat the dead horse or however you want to say it, you know, what we've been talking about, you know, all night so far, you know, about the offense and the defense. And it it really feels like a coming out party in a way where we're going to see two or three touchdowns out of the offense. It's not going to be anything crazy. Um, You know, I don't think we're going to see any sort of a 35, 40 point game, but by any means. Um, And I think this defense, you know, like you said, great adjustments at halftime. Teams have been able to move the ball okay on us before half, you know, so I'm going to give the Raiders a little bit of credit here. I'm going to say Broncos win 27 to 16. Raiders score one touchdown, and then what would that be? Three, yeah, three field goals. So I think in the first half, they'll get the touchdown maybe and a field goal, and then the second half, you know, I think they'll be able to move the ball all right here and there, Get a, you know, they'll, they'll get another field, couple field goals. You know, maybe we'll see the field goals. I don't know. However it comes. It's going to be 27-16, um, where you see Broncos get three touchdowns and a, and a couple field goals as well. Cool, cool. Hello. Big thing, uh, Broncos just can't get in their own way. That's just my – Exactly. That's how the Broncos lose the football game. It's not because – Uh, and and anybody that's actually watched all three Broncos games objectively, not watching it to try to pick up our Russell Wilson's game or whatever you're trying to do, if you actually watch the games objectively, the clear problem has been the the bonehead mistakes, you know, the penalties, the the dumb decisions in coaching, the play, you know, the play, um, the play calling. It's it's very clear. Um, so, like you said, we just we can't get in our own way, right? I agree, man. This is a this is a Bronco lose. You know, like mm-hmm. it's in their court. I feel like I I I really don't see uh, the only mismatch I really see is Darren Waller. But uh, like, I, if you're in Derek Carr's face, all that stuff, like, how is he supposed to get it to him? and all that stuff. So um, now I'm not going to weigh too heavy on, on this game too much, but I really, I'm starting to think that, you know, cause the last, the last six years, if we think back to all every year, this is a game we would find a way to lose for sure. You know, over the last, I six agree. Years. Um, I really think now, like I said, I'm not going to weigh extremely heavily on it, but depending on how the game goes and then how the game ends, this could really tell how a lot of the rest of the Broncos season is going to end up going. Well, Depending on how it goes and how it ends, you know, it, we, a lot of it's going to ride on what it looks like, you know, between the first and the fourth quarter, you know, between the beginning and the end of the game, you know, a lot of it's going to ride on that. So it's not just like, you know, if we lose the season's over, you know, that I'm not saying that by any means, but, you know, depending on what it looks like, this game could really tell moving forward what we're going to see at least for the next several weeks. Are we going to improve or are we going to regress? And the, uh, the tendency of Broncos history in the last few seasons is that they lean towards playing to the level of their competition. But I don't know. I, I don't feel like that's really – it's up in the air right now because it's a new coaching staff, and, mm-hmm. you know, all that stuff, new quarterback, all that stuff. You know, there's so many newness. I, I can't really uh, – I can't really say that the Broncos play, still played the level of their competition because right. everything. But exactly. hopefully, the, hopefully that doesn't rear its ugly head again. 
that was very, very frustrating was seeing the Broncos play to the level of their competition constantly. And mm-hmm. I was like, you should be absolutely blowing these guys out of the water. And why right. is it only, you know, 7-7 going into the third quarter kind of thing? So, And like um, you were saying earlier, I think that really is why a lot of people didn't see this game as being such a defensive battle. I think they just saw it being as an ugly game. Um, is because of what we've seen not only the first three weeks of the season, but over the last six seasons. You know, that's why I think people kind of saw it with kind of with glasses on, if you will. Um, You know, to where, you know, yeah, sure, as a Broncos fan, I was 100% frustrated that we weren't able to move the ball. But kind of looking back at it, I'm like, man, those defenses are good. Yeah, I agree. And hopefully that's the case because I hope so. I mean. Raiders defense is not good. You know, like this is a mm-hmm. this is a chance to see our offense really just you know mentioned earlier this is an ignition game for them, really spark mm-hmm. up the offense. So if they play their cards right, so my hypothesis All right. will be proven over the next several weeks for sure. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, One way or the other. So with that being said, did you have any closing thoughts before we call it? Uh, I mean not, not really. I mean, I think we, we – well, what, actually a couple of things that we – one thing we didn't talk about, a couple of the key inactives for this game that were officially announced today, um, one being Tyreek Cleveland. You know, with Broncos country, we all know how big of an impact he has on special teams. Um, so hopefully he's not mi- – I mean, we're going to miss him, but hopefully it's not anything that's going to be, you know, kind of kind of destroy us. You know what I mean? My dogs are fighting over there right now. That's cool. Um <laughs> Jonathan Cooper's out as well, you know, a, a death addresser. Um, this is the big one here, though, that early in the week, Quinn Minerts, man, he was he was expected to play early in the week, and he got downgraded to out yesterday. Um, yeah, I was really looking forward to him. He's huge, huge news in the run game, um, you know, pass game as well. But, you know, he is a mauler. That dude destroys people in the run game, so – I'm not expecting it to hurt too much. Graham Glasgow is a – he's a good offensive lineman. You know, we, we've seen some some bad plays from him, sure, but he's a good offensive lineman in this league, and he deserves a lot of credit um, for what he has been able to do at, at times in this game or in the season. Um, then let's see. Dalton Reisner was questionable as of today, but I heard um, this afternoon that he's, he's going to be a go, and same with DJ Jones. I heard he's playing as well. Yeah, I, I am looking forward to Quinn Miners. Um, it sounds like it's something where he'll be able to play uh, Thursday night. Well, he dressed Colts. last week. He was kind of yeah. an emergency guy. Right, I do remember that. And we could possibly be getting Justin Simmons back next week, too, against the Colts. So. Better wear your Simmons jersey all week. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Um, and I'm looking forward to it, uh, specifically because we're going to it. So, right. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a fun one. So Everyone on here expect some game day content from the stadium. Um, we'll talk off air about whether or not we want to go for a brief live at halftime or something. We'll talk about <laughs> that in the, you know, off air. But yeah. looking forward to it. And, and again, Zach, thank you, bro. Thank yeah, you. of course, man. Of course. Um, all right, so with that being said, uh, I, <laughs> I told my wife good. today that my wife has been talking about how jealous she's been about me going to the game, and I told her today, I'm like, don't be jealous I got a sugar daddy, okay? <laughs> <laughs> you just got to show me some leg and we're good. 
Yeah, there oh, not, we go. Not, not, not on here. Not on here. Not on here. <laughs> oh, oh. But it is TikTok after dark, so we're good. Yeah, yeah. There will be a link later on in my, in my bio. Don't worry. Yes. I got you guys. Um, you guys, you, you guys, I've seen you, the few of you that have stuck around this whole time. I'll send you a special link. <laughs> Just kidding. All righty. So with that being said, uh, thank you all. Thank you all listening to this podcast currently. Uh, for listening to the Couch Potato Sports Denver Broncos Edition podcast. Greatly appreciate you again. Uh, Anthony wasn't here. He's dealing with some personal stuff, but we do miss him, and we're looking forward to his uh, speedy return. Um, be sure to check out everywhere else. You know, those listening on TikTok, links in my bio. We have Rockies. We have Avs. We have the Nuggets. One you know, week, Nuggets, baby. Yeah, the Nuggets and the Avalanche are gearing up right now. You know, it's we're expecting huge seasons out of both of them, you know, Uh Nuggets are exciting because they're healthy. Let's uh, go. Avalanche, they could be re- repeat champs, you know? like Hey, Colorado sports fans out there. I know. We've got three competitive teams right now. Yes. And then and, we have. Yeah, well, we got. <laughs> yeah, he who shall not be named. Over right. there, <laughs> we all know we we've we've all beat the dead horse on on all the issues with the Rockies. But yeah, I yes. mean, I am beyond excited for the Abs. What is it next week? Friday? Uh, their first Thursday. Game, it's uh October seventh, right? Oh, I thought October thirteenth. Okay, it's little, at home early. against the Chicago Blackhawks, and that's when they are raising the banner. I'm just letting you know right now. I'll talk to you about your schedule off. Off air, but we're going to some Nuggets games. Have oh, you seen prices right now? Have you seen prices right now? Are they favorable? Dude, you can go right now. You can get on right now and get tickets for 15 18 bucks For the regular season? Yeah. You're kidding. Dude. I got it. I, I'll pull okay. it up right in front of me. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk more about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But, for sure. Uh, Dude, it's incredible. Yeah. Be sure to check out this podcast. Like, uh, regardless about how we feel about the team themselves, the people that run those podcasts are very knowledgeable. You know, good analysts, all that stuff. So, be sure to give them a shot and check them out. Um, so, yeah. With that being said, uh, Jimmy, you want to send us off? Broncos country. Let's, Let's ride. ride.